If you're a smoker or dipper looking to make a change, you really only need one reason to do it. But with Zen Nicotine Pouches, you can find many. Zen is America's number one nicotine pouch. It's made with only six simple ingredients. Plus, Zen is the only nicotine pouch with a 10-day hassle-free trial. There are lots of options when it comes to nicotine satisfaction, but there's only one Zen. Find your Zen online or in a store near you at zen.com slash find. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. This is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a Corolla built just for you. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Pause for a big thank you to our partner making today's program possible. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. Amazing. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, your exercise, and medication decisions. All those decisions can lead to big results like more time in range and a lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com compatibility. Thanks, Dexcom, for being our partner. Are you ready to move your career forward? Make your comeback with Purdue Global and get college credit for your work, school, life, or military experiences. With these credits, you may have already completed up to 75% of your undergraduate degree. You've worked hard to get where you are. It's time to get the recognition you deserve and earn a degree you'll be proud of, one that employers will trust and respect. When you take the next step in your life and career, make it count with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback at purdueglobal.edu. Who killed Deborah Lynn Randall? How do you do something like this and live with it? Deborah Lynn Randall from January 13, 1972. Debbie was nine years old when she vanished. It's been more than 43 years. This is Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. A group of retired detectives volunteering their time determined to bring her family answers. She was a beautiful kid. You could look at her picture and you could see the innocence. Detective Nix is part of a rare group of retired police officers who specialize in solving Cobb County's cold cases. If you're an investigator, if you're a detective, if you're a cop, that's what you live for, that phone call, that family saying, sit down because I've got some good news for you. I'd give anything if I could find out who it was before I passed away. We haven't forgotten and we're not going to give up. My children, my twins that are my whole world, are in the third grade. They are nine years old. And the other day, John David said, so-and-so said the S word. And I'm like, you're kidding. Who said the S word in the third grade? And he said, 
so-and-so said it. They just outright called so-and-so stupid. <laughs> the S word is stupid. The SH word is shut up. The F word is fat. Okay? That's the world a third grader lives in or should live in, right? Not Debbie Lynn Randall. Not Debbie Lynn Randall, a third grader at Pine Forest Elementary School. Debbie was murdered, kidnapped, and murdered. And I want to know who did it. I'm Nancy Grace. This is Crime Stories. Thank you for being with us. With me, of course, the Duke, Alan Duke, out of L.A. With me, special guest, Detective Morris Nix, who has been on this case from the get-go. And also with us, a very special guest. Detective Nix, I will let you introduce our special guest. Okay, Nancy. We got very fortunate. I had someone call me and said, hey, I think I know someone who may know something about this. And so I contacted Sandra. And of course, I was I'm always skeptical. But Sandra hit on some points immediately that I could relate to. We have always worked on the premise that the perpetrator was driving a black pickup truck. And Sandra immediately said he was driving a black pickup truck. That had not been released. And she also told me the route that he had taken once he abducted Debbie. And we knew that there were only two ways he could have gone. And she was very affirmative in pointing out the way that we thought that she had gone. And I've talked to several people in the past, but I find her very credible. Detective Nix has been on the case of first a missing girl, Debbie Lynn Randall, and now, sadly, the cold case of this murdered third grader. Before we go out to our special guest and newly emerged witness, what happened in this case, Alan, is that this little girl had gone to a laundromat, suds and duds. It was so close to her home, like a block. And I recall that because my family, for a long time, didn't have a washer and dryer. We couldn't afford one. So we would go to the laundromat between morning services and evening services on Sundays. And I went in there many a time and folded laundry and piled it into our basket by myself. This little girl did something very similar to that. She would go play, trade Barbie doll outfits with friends at the laundromat where their family did their weekly laundry, including a 7 p.m. visit, which is about the time that we would go. Okay, We'd go right before we went to evening services. Her stepdad was with her, but he left early. Just 30 minutes later, she walked out of the laundromat with a bottle of detergent going home. She never made it. According to the Marietta Police Department, witnesses saw a pickup truck driving along around the time Debbie vanished. It stopped right in front of the home, backed up into a secluded area. Police later found the detergent bottle splashed on the ground in that same spot. It was the bottle Debbie had been carrying while she walked home. Volunteers from a local school, Southern Polytechnic University, all volunteered 
and one of the volunteers found the little girl's lifeless body. It had been so abused. All these years we have searched for answers as to who murdered Debbie. I want to go out to Sandra that Detective Nix just told you about. Sandra, what made you decide to come forward this much later? My sister works for Cobb County Jail, and she told me the case had been reopened, and I thought it had been closed a long time ago. And I told her I saw it happen. And she said, well, somebody might be calling you and getting in touch with you. And I said, okay, and that's when... She was talking to a detective, and I called her one day, and she said, well, this is a coincidence, and she put him on the phone, and he asked me if I would be willing to talk to Detective Nix, and from there on, it's was, was just connection to you. Sandra, I know it was a while back, but please put your mind back to the evening Debbie disappeared. What did you observe? They did not get her where they thought they got her. There was like a playground that was behind the laundromat and also a place there where you would go and get lawnmowers to cut people's grass. And there was a tree right there beside the laundromat where there was no windows or anything on the side. I seen this black pickup truck stop. The driver got out, left his door open, left the truck running. He ran. He went over to Debbie. He grabbed her, and she was kicking her feet and kicking kicking real hard and screaming and yelling. And he had had her over his shoulder, so she was screaming and kicking. He threw her in the truck, and then he almost ran over me. What did the truck look like? All I know is it was a black truck because I was 12 years old. Mm-hmm. But I... I I can remember it like it was yesterday. I've had nightmares about it forever. What did he look like? He was a white man. And I was maybe 140 feet to 180 feet from him, so I couldn't tell you what he looked like. But I, I, I could tell he was white. And do you recall what he had on? He had a pants and shirt, but I, I mean... I don't, I don't, other than that, I just look. Long, long yeah, pants. Yeah, long pants and a, and a shirt. And I remember because um, I looked at somebody that was walking with me. I said, did you just see that? And when I heard her screaming and yelling, I said, oh, somebody done got in trouble. And, I mean, he almost, like I said, he, I must have fell because I got up. And when I did, I, I, I cussed him. As he went by me. But he went out. Did you think that was her father? I didn't know. I just thought it was. I didn't know. Because I, I didn't know Debbie myself. I had not had, had met her or anything like that. Is The way I found out about it was the next day. I had went to the little store that was in the Marietta place. And her brother was handing out flyers. Asking if anybody had seen anything or heard anything. And I, back then, I get, told him that I would talk to somebody because there was no other way he would have been able to get out except to go. If he, I lived on 4th Street, 
And if he went around 4th Street, he would still hit Fairground Street. If he had went straight, he would hit Fairground Street. I had another girl with me because we were taking her clothes to the laundromat. And, I mean, I don't, I don't know what happened with her because back then, it seemed like the detective said she was just, oh, I don't know, I don't know, I, I, you know, I don't know what was going on with her. But when I saw her later on, and, I mean, she had turned into an alcoholic. So, you know, that's been 30 years ago. At the time, did you ever get to talk to police? Detectives came to my house when I lived on 4th Street, and that was the last thing I heard anything. I mean... Did you speak to them? From there on, I didn't hear anything else. Did you tell the detectives what you saw? Yes. And that was then, and then you never heard anything else about it? No, ma'am. Detective Nix, what do you make of what she is saying? I find it credible when she mentions the truck and the line of trouble. Uh, Sandra told me, I said, which way did they go? And I knew there was only two ways they could have gone, and, and the direction she gave was exactly what we were looking at. Um, we are going to try to contact the other person. And Nancy, I want to share with your listeners, if I might, um, we believe Debbie's body was taken to a place called Dixie Castle Stone. It was off Forest Ferry Road. It was very secluded. As a teenager, driving been up and down Forest Ferry Road a thousand times. I never knew Dixie Castle Stone was there. The, it, it, the building is no longer there, but the business is still in business. But the business is now in the Austell Powder Springs area. So I couldn't figure out in my mind initially why they would have gone there. And it was later we found out that the original Dixie Casting Stone was on Powers Ferry Road. So we go find out where the building should have been. We go back to where the body was found. And guess what? It's less than a quarter mile. Her body was dumped less than a quarter mile from Dixie Casting Stone. And how that becomes relevant is that in the initial investigation, they did soil samples. And the type of soil that was found on Debbie's clothes and on her body was was very specific to the Mississippi-Louisiana area. They also had that same type of soil at Dixie Casting Stone. I think she was abducted laundromat. I think she was taken down by Fairgrove Street up in front of Lockheed taken over to Wendy Hill to Powers Ferry and to Dixie Casting Stone. So I started trying to find the history of Dixie Casting Stone. So if there are any listeners listening to this that can tell us more about Dixie Casting Stone, we want to hear it. Um, the same family still owns it, but they had no payroll records. They had nothing. But the son who now owns it told me he said it was not unusual for my father and the company to go to the Cobb County Jail on the weekends and get laborers. That they would pick get people who had just gotten out of jail for drunk or you know something minor and they would take them over to work as laborers. Is that a connection? I don't know. But I am convinced that she was taken to Dixie Casting Stone. She was assaulted. Her body was redressed. And 
at this point I started to speculate. Did he think that she was already dead? Did he find out as he, after he got her in his truck that she wasn't? And he pulled over the side of the road. Um, I pray that she was. But <clears throat> we desperately are seeking someone who would have a connection from Dixie Casper Stone from approximately 1968 to 1974 in that time area. Um, if you contact, say I do, that's not going to make them a person of interest. But it will help us hopefully locate somebody who can tell us something about people who work there. Let me ask you a question, Detective Nix. You're referring yes. to Dixie Casting and Stone, which was a company. Dixie Cast and Stone. Cast and Stone that worked out of Marietta, Georgia area. And what exactly is that? What do they create? What do they do? It's my understanding that they build concrete forms. Uh, I don't know what all they use them for, but that's primarily what they do. Mm -hmm. Now, you said that on her body and clothing is soil from Louisiana and Mississippi, I believe you said. Correct. And that soil, of course, would not be in Marietta, Georgia, but you believe that particular soil was an ingredient used at Dixie Cast and Stone. Is that correct? Correct. We do. We do. Okay. So that's where, that's where, okay, that's where you're getting that from. Okay. I wanted to nail down your interest in the soil. So she had to be at Dixie Casting then because the only place that that soil um, composition would have turned up. Okay. And I'm wondering, would someone that worked there full-time have taken her there or someone that just knew about the place, which tends to go toward your day laborer aspect? Correct. And, you know, I talked to the owner, and they've been very cooperative. He said back in 1972, there was no gate, there mm -hmm. were no lights. He said, you could have driven around behind the sand pits. And he said, nobody would have heard you. He said, whoever took her there had to have known it was already there. They had to have felt comfortable going there. And they had to have known they couldn't leave mm -hmm. her body there. And when he left with her, he had taken a piece of cloth and put it in her vaginal area. He did that, we believe, so that she wouldn't bleed all over the truck. And he redressed the body I don't, Nancy, I don't know why I'm in my just gut. I just feel like he was headed to the Chattahoochee River. I don't know why I feel that way, but I just. Do. You feel that what? He was headed to you the Chattahoochee You feel what? I believe he was headed to the Chattahoochee River. I don't know why I feel that way, but I do. Detective, the Chattahoochee River is actually just probably a quarter mile from where you're talking about anyway, if you walk through the woods, right? Correct. And. But he never made it. He, he whipped it on the side of the road, takes her about 40 yards back in the wood, and that's where they find the body. And I hope, I, I suspect, obviously she was bleeding so much that he wanted to get her out of the truck or she was still alive. And, you know, my prayer is that she wasn't. 
For anyone that has information, the tip line is 770-528-3032. And with us, a newly emerged witness comes forward again, Sandra. After hearing about the case, our podcast, the case being reopened by Detective Nix and what we believe is newly discovered evidence. Not evidence that did not exist then, but evidence that not had not necessarily been analyzed the way it can be analyzed now. 770-528-3032. Sandra, you said that over these years, you have had one nightmare after the next about this incident. What do you dream about? I was a street kid back then. And, uh, I mean, I was... I, that year I would have been 13 years old, but my life had been really turned upside down with my mom and dad getting divorced. And I was just mean. I was just really, really mean back then. I was, I really was mean. And I mean, I thought about this for 44 years, you know, and I always wondered where she was buried at. And Detective Nix told me, and so. I want to go out and visit her grave and tell her I'm sorry because if if it had been just a few minutes later, I would have been beside her. So what is your nightmare? Repeat. What is the bad dream you have? It's the dream about her and the things that she has had went through. The, The man who done it, I can't see his face, but I can see him. You know, his face is... It's like his face is black, but I can, he was, um, I wouldn't say he was skinny. He was a medium built, maybe even a little bit chunky. I couldn't tell because of the shirt, but it just, um, it's just about her. I mean, she was an angel and this should not have happened to her. Detective Nix, what about DNA? The material that was found in the room was in July in Utah. Thank you, we didn't have a prayer. Yeah. So we're saying this is 40 plus years old, it's not going to happen, it's not going to work. And uh, and miraculously, because Marietta Police Department did a great job maintaining the evidence, we got a profile. And we know that it is a single donor. We know that he is a white male, and um, one of the things we had often wondered about is, okay, if he abducts Debbie and she's resisting, how does he drive the truck? How does he keep control of the truck and control of her at the same time? So I started asking people that knew Debbie, do you think that she would have thought or do you think she would have been so terrified that she just kind of cowered down? Um, Sandra says she did not see another person in the tree. I'm very curious, was there anyone else with this guy? Perhaps she just did as she was told. Maybe he had a knife. I don't know. Um, But, yes, we do have DNA. If we can match it with the right person, game over. And I believe there's a very good chance he's living. I think this is a doable case. And I think we have just got to stay on finding the person that we can match it with. Somebody who lived in that complex 
somebody who worked at Dixie Casting Stone can give me an idea. And if you give it to me, I promise you I'm going to look it up. With me, Detective Morris Nix, renowned investigator and detective who has been on this case from the very very beginning and never let go and now coming forward again after all these years our guest sandra is with us if you have any information please dial 770-528-3032 nancy grace crime stories signing off goodbye friend Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids just like yours. And all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscore team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit Underscore.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- craft month with the perfect pizza at home class from craftsy and anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's radio's iheart country radio discover more shows and movies for free at-